Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello and a very warm welcome. It's pod 23. That's right, the offside rule. We get it with you for a 23rd time this season. What an achievement, ladies. Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Eloquent, elegant and also enigmatic. I've gone all I've gone all ease for you two today. Um, how are we, ladies? Very well. 23 is my lucky number. So yeah, really? Yeah, that's my lucky number. Mine's 22. <laughs> You're a perfect pair, you two. What's coming up on today's show? Well, uh, we're going to be discussing football chants. We promised this a couple of weeks ago with Hayley. We've decided, well, Lindsay decided, that uh, football chants are a bit rubbish these days. We need some more originality. We need some good old British humour back on the terraces. In fact, it doesn't even have to be British humour. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take anyone's humour. I, I just think they got a bit stale. That's what I, my complaint was, was that there weren't that many new ones. Although I have discovered a new one this week, which I'll share with you. And I know that you both are going to try and entertain me with your own ones. I'm slightly worried about this because I have made them up to some pop tunes to be quite frank and I'm worried about the fact that if I sing them on my own in this room in my spare bedroom with just two other people they're not going to go down as well as if I try to initiate it on the terraces so I'm slightly concerned anyway we are going to go for the chance chart ladies we want to know what your best chance are and actually if you're listening at home do get them in over Twitter as well at Offside Rule Pod Um, just to let you know actually before I tell you what else is coming up um, we've got a great website OffsideRulePodcast.com you can listen to us via Audio Boom and iTunes every Thursday is when we release and um, we are looked after and supported by the very lovely Continental Tyres who get you safely to the game The female take on football As well as Chance Chart, we'll also be talking top of the transfers. So who do we like the look of from the transfers so far? Maybe it's someone who's already made that debut for the club that they've newly been signed by. Um, I'd just like to know what you think a couple of the best bits of business are so far. One in the Premier League and one outside the Premier League, if you can. But we're going to start off with manager mouthpiece. It's not unusual to hear from managers during the week, but what we have done this week, I think, anyways, is we've heard some quite unusual things from some of the managers. Some of them have been quite forthright. Some of them have come up with little nuggets that we've not heard from them before. So I'd like anything that's come out of a manager's mouthpiece uh, this week that struck you or that's got you thinking um, about what they've had to say. Hayley, let's start with you on this one. Well, I kind of wanted to use this to go back into something that was said around about Christmas time by Mauricio Potticino. And normally when managers are asked about something, they have their standard, you know, their standard answers to the questions from the assembled press. They know what they're going to be asked, so they've managed to prep. And he was asked if a top four finish for Spurs would be tempered by bitter rivals Arsenal, lifting the title before reeling off a, a bit of a crazy quote. So obviously it was all about the rivalry between Spurs and Arsenal. The journalist kind of wanted to know his thoughts on it. And he said, I think it's like what Britney Spears and Will I Am sing. So both of them, Britney and Will I Am, he said, everybody in the club, all eyes on us, all eyes on us. <laughs> he could have just said it's like a song. Or he could have just said, you know, I feel that all eyes are on us. But he decided that he wanted to bring in his probably two favourite artists and and use Will I Am and Britney Spears. I'll tell you, we've been scratching our heads over chants. He's he's just given us a chant there. All eyes on us, all eyes on us. In the club, 
whatever it is all eyes on us yes <laughs> I think with my buddies in the club I was going to say I think it's in the club I'm oh, sorry yeah yes. not the yeah. club Lindsay a couple from you in fact I wanted to ask you something about Wenger because you often are at the Wenger press conference every Friday it's always he's always supposed to get there at half nine he's always late which always impacts on everyone's deadlines especially if you've got a 12 o'clock news bulletin he sends journalists into a complete tither as they try and get everything down and work out what they're going to use from what he's had to say and actually most of the time he's pretty okay sometimes he comes out with a few good lines but he's pretty predictable in terms of the fact that if you've been to five or more of his press conferences you've got a good idea of how it's going to go but I wonder whether it's his advancing years or whether it's the fact that he knows he's in a strong position or that he just can't be bothered with any of the mulch that comes around a lot of Premier League press conferences I wonder if you would agree with me that he's now more straight more definitive than he's ever been before. I think you, you're probably onto something in the last 12 months. I, I mean, I I've, was there last week and, and I will talk about something that he said. And and I am constantly thinking nowadays that he, he doesn't shirk any of the questions anymore and you don't feel like he's dodging anything. Yeah. And, and one of the examples is everything that you could possibly have a moan at this season. So when everyone was on the bandwagon of wanting a winter break and Van Gaal was saying he wanted one mm-hmm. and Pochettino, I think, said he would like one. And Wenger very quickly said, no, I love playing over he Christmas. But he that. never used to... Well, I don't know whether he ever used to say that he would want a winter break. But he's never been as forthright as saying, I don't want a winter break. And he has this time. Um, The other thing that he's done is he's admitted, should we have a klaxon here? Like a Wenger honesty klaxon, that he was wrong on something. And that would be my manager quote of the week was being at Wenger's press conference on Friday with them going to Stoke City, which has always been a poor hunting ground for them. It was put to him whether he'd changed his mind about Leicester City being title contenders and he admitted he had. He said that he had not seen them as title contenders but that he'd changed his mind and that now he does think that they are going for the title. And I thought, actually, this isn't something that we would hear him do very often in the past is retract on something or correct a statement. He has been doing that. My other little moan about the week, uh, it comes in also tragic circumstances. I I think I appreciate sometimes that occasionally journalists will go off kilt you'll go off football for certain reasons Mm. and one of those reasons very recently we had the awful Paris attacks Mm. and Wenger I thought it's when he's at his best he gave a poignant message about what it meant to him how he felt everyone was affected how he was in Paris at the time and it felt very relevant because also those Paris attacks were were aimed at the Stade de France Mm. Um, so I think you you can you can link it in with football Mm. and I think he was a really good spokesperson for it and a lot of a lot of news channels, as did Hayley McQueen's, uh, ran that line, didn't you? Yeah, we did and we thought it was important because obviously one of the attacks was at the Stade de France, but it wasn't even if that hadn't have been there when there was football obviously being played. I just still think it was something that affected everybody mm. and, and sometimes some news does make its way over to football just mm. as football makes headlines uh, in news like Sky Sports News and Sky News kind of coming together and I think yeah that that was one time when we definitely used a manager's quotes and kind of maybe reached youngsters who didn't really know too much about the situation might not have been educated on terrorism and think oh well I'm a big Arsenal fan I love Wenger and and maybe educated on something they they weren't aware about and without the football connection it still happened in Paris and Wenger is French and you have that connection it makes it relevant Mm. But 
I think this last week it's gone too far. Why do we need to hear from football managers about David Bowie passing away? Why? Why do we need to hear that? Now, Wenger was asked about that the week just gone. Why do I? Why do I want to know what Wenger thought about no, that? I, I, don't, I don't. He's not. He's not got any connection to music. I don't understand where we draw the line. Why do we need to have a football a football manager's point on that? Again, it was something completely off topic, but I thought it was very funny. And actually, thank goodness the journalist took it in a humorous way when Louis Van Hall called Neil Custis <laughs> fat man. So it was after the uh, three-all draw against uh, Newcastle and um, journalists have been asking about Wayne Rooney and his goal scoring. He's like, oh, we don't speak uh, any more about Wayne Rooney. You've criticised him. I don't. You. And he was basically saying, oh, you know, nobody's asking me about Wayne Rooney anymore because now he suddenly started scoring goals, four in four. He's on a bit of a goal scoring run. And um, there was a bit of an exchange between some of the journalists and quite often, you know, he has a bit of banter back. That's how it started now he gets up and walks off, doesn't he? And he's known to kind of walk out of press conference situation. You think, oh, that's a shame. Just take it, just mm-hmm. take it. But you've got to give as good as you, you get. So this happened with Neil Custis and he went, you too, Van Hal responded um, when, you know, Neil Custis was, was, was speaking back to him and he pointed at the room and said, um, fat man, there. So he'd, <laughs> he'd obviously found Neil Custis and, and kind of pointed him out. And actually, Neil, is a, he's a brilliant journalist. I get mixed up with him and his brother, but now I know he is slightly larger than his brother. He said it's a bit of a shame because he has had a massive knee operation a few months ago and he hasn't been able to be as mobile as he as he can be. He's having a dry January and he said, to be honest, I do need to lose a few pounds. Uh, But it maybe hit a little bit of a sore spot, but he still took it on the chin or he said, I took it on the chin. Should have been chins. He said, you know what, Louis? Um, He said, you've got to get more points than I lose pounds. So they've they've come up with this points versus kind of pounds thing. So I know it wasn't just a quote, but it was where a manager and a journalist had a bit of an exchange that was slightly amusing. I like that very much. Points versus pounds. We like it. Um, We've heard a lot from Brendan Rodgers this week. He was on goals on Sunday. A couple of quotes to come out of that one. The fact that it was Fenway Sports Group. Nothing to do with Rodgers, that they wanted to buy Balotelli. And FSG thought that Balotelli could be turned into a £50 million player by Rodgers. Okay, and also that Rogers uh, thought that they were very close to getting Alexi Sanchez and Delhi Ali as well. That would have been tasty. Of course, that's the kind of thing that you don't want to hear as a Liverpool fan. I don't want to hear about the ones you didn't get. Thank you very much. Um, we've also um, this week heard Roberto Martinez's reaction to that 98th minute goal by John Terry uh, in the um, Everton Chelsea draw. Now, I think, and about you ladies, I wanted to run this by you. I think we've lost football's Mister Nice Guy. He was asked how he was feeling, and he said anger, pure anger. Now for Martinez to have said that, can you imagine him saying that as manager of Wigan five or six years ago? Pure anger. These are strong lines from Martinez and all that you hear about Martinez is such a lovely guy, such a nice man, such an honourable man. So I, 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 wonder, I wonder if we're seeing kind of a more, you know, ballsy, forthright Martinez. No more football's Mr Nice Guy. Whereas Wenger's becoming Mr. Nice Guy. Did you see, I loved Wenger and Klopp on the sidelines yeah. in the in the draw that was between Arsenal and Liverpool. But they were enjoying it so much. Mm-hmm. I love seeing passion on the sidelines. And, you know, Wenger's been in that job a long time. You could think it could get a bit repetitive. No. But actually, I really liked watching that game and watching them. Yeah. It's interesting because um, this week we also heard from Louis van Gaal who said that uh, actually he used to be quite 
remonstrative on the uh, touchline. He used to wave his arms around a bit uh, when he was speaking about uh, Jurgen Klopp. And um, he said, but now he doesn't do it because he realises it doesn't have any effect on the referee at all if they start, you know, shouting argy-bargy on the touchline. And he gave the example of um, uh, a game that he was involved in when he was managing Ajax. Uh, It was a Champions League final win over AC Milan in 95. And he said he got so annoyed about a decision because there was a high tackle that he decided or took it upon himself to demonstrate demonstrate the high tackle uh, to the linesman who was very close to him and did sort of effectively a karate kick with his foot ending up uh, not more than an inch away from uh, the linesman or the, or the referee's face as if to say, look, it was like this. He said, I realised when it didn't work that I should probably just calm down. Uh, whilst we're on the topic of Jurgen Klopp, if we're going to have manager quotes of the week, uh, quote unquote, we've got to have Jurgen Klopp likening Sir Alex Ferguson to oh John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that is outrageous. Really? Really? Follow us on Twitter at OffsideRulePod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. Let's go into a bit of chance charting, shall we, ladies? Uh, Lindsay, this was a complaint raised by your good self in the board meeting a couple of, in the podcast a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> the charts aren't good enough for Lindsay Hooper, so we've had to come up with a few of our own. Well, Haley and I have attempted that. Goodness knows what it's going to sound like later on. Uh, please forgive our awful voices. Um, and Haley and Lindsay, you've picked out a couple that you like. Yeah, if I can also say about my complaint about the chance that if you really do listen, they are out there. It's just, I think we need a bit more diction. A bit more diction from people. Yes, yeah. They are hard to hear sometimes, particularly if you're hard of hearing anyway. Um, but also, we heard a bad chant last week as well uh, in the Arsenal-Stoke City game. Um, the Stoke City fans singing Aaron Ramsey, who walks with a limp, he walks with a limp, which is just oh, mean. That's, that, that, that is not the kind of chanting that we were after. Well, sticking with the Arsenal theme, because I had a, it was just brilliant timing for this topic, by the way. Um, and this came up a couple of weeks ago on a podcast when uh, Hayley was on it before, didn't it? Um, so this is a complete fluke. But I sat down to do an interview with Per Mertesacker this week. And part of my research um, brought to my attention that there is a brand new chant for Mertesacker. Now, we all know the very, very rude version, which we couldn't even put in the podcast, where he has a song where he's renowned as being the BFG. Um, If you don't know what that's all about, I suggest you go on Google and have a look. But the BFG chant may be no more because there is a brand new chant and it's only surfaced, as far as I'm aware, this calendar year, 2016, brand new. So I thought, I'll bring it up and see if he's heard it, which he hasn't. He's yet to hear his brand new chant, but it has been caught on video and it's Murtasaka to the Macarena. So, hey, Murtasaka. Yeah, Murtasaka, Murtasaka. And then they do the dance. A one and a two and a three, but oh. <laughs> Anyway, it's brilliant if you can find the video. So I've, I've now made him aware of this. And anyone who came up with this chant, if you happen to download the Offside Raw podcast, um, he's going to be looking out for it, he tells me. He said he wants to see, see it in its full glory. So do I now. Um, get me to the Emirates. Um, I do like a sarcastic chant, particularly. This is a general one, but if your side uh, is doing really badly in a game, let's pretend we, let's pretend we, let's pretend we scored a goal. Let's pretend we scored. I just love, I just, I just, I just love, I love, I love a bit of sarcasm. Uh, how about the one that Bristol Rovers fans aimed at Jermaine Easter? You're not as good as Christmas. You're not as good as Christmas. <laughs> um, Celtic fans to the 
the Rangers fan? What's that coming over the hill? Is it a tax man? Is it a tax man? <laughs> and uh, a favourite Liverpool one here, although there are many incarnations of it. Don't blame it on the ham man. Don't blame it on the beer scan. Don't blame it on the Finnan. Blame it on Traore. <laughs> An old one there for the Liverpool fans. Hayley, what have you got? A couple, actually, but one of that I really liked um, when... The Marseillaise was obviously sung. We've already mentioned the Paris attacks. The French national anthem played before every game in the Premier League uh, the other month. And uh, Ooh Cantona was getting sung quite a lot in the Manchester United game, obviously, with him being French. And then they decided to uh, adapt that and they changed it to Ooh Herrera. And they made up this little song and um, apparently he was really taken and you always wonder if players on the pitch can hear the crowd chanting your name or even if you're mm-hmm. kind of listening you may hear somebody if you're right over at the sidelines just shouting out if, if their voice can be heard over others but sometimes when there's tens of thousands especially at you know Old Trafford if they can actually hear it or not and, and he said afterwards oh he's my absolute ultimate hero of all time so to have had my name sung alongside the likes of Eric Cantona he said like, it really touched me and it was like oh so you actually heard it then you could hear he's like yeah you, you you I really can and he was like oh hope it doesn't become a bit of a distraction but he's like I love you know fans chanting my name that's what every kid dreams of isn't it so yeah I quite like that um one of my absolute favorites um this was quite popular when um Scotland were playing Italy in a world cup qualifier in March a good few years ago um, obviously they don't qualify for anything these days not least the Euros either and they were singing we're going to deep fry your pizzas deep fry your pizzas because obviously in Scotland they're known for deep frying everything from cream eggs this time of year and Mars bars sort of 365 days a year really yeah shall I give you one of mine okay so I made up one for Fellaini and I what I was out with my son pushing the pram up the high street over, over the weekend and I, I don't know why this came to me I don't know why I've chosen Fellaini I just had an image in my head and I came up with a song and I thought this would be great for Fellaini so okay here we go to the tune of a well-known song by well it, it was covered by Timmy Mallet <laughs> for those of a certain generation yeah, yeah. you're probably going to have to get onto a search engine and, and find yeah, out it's going to make no, no sense to you whatsoever <laughs> he wore an itsy bitsy curly whirly crazy corkscrew perm for Laney, but he used it much better before and that was as far as I got <laughs> but I quite like the itsy bitsy curly whirly crazy corkscrew perm for Laney. so that was one of them um I've got three. Uh, then I thought about bringing a bit of modern pop into it. The sort of stuff that my daughter listens to now. Um, I'm, I'm far too old for this stuff. But I, th- I thought about Wrecking Ball. So I came up with this for Branislav Ivanovic. Oh. He came in like a wrecking ball. He never saw so rough a touch. All he wanted to do was break our legs. He's Branislav Ivanovic. <laughs> Wow. And if you haven't tuned out already, <laughs> thank you very much. How tuneful do you think the football fans are? And also, when I give you some examples of my favourite ones, the the renowned theme here is that they're very simple to remember. I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, that's actually the words to Wrecking Ball, but just a few changes. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much Wrecking Ball, but just with a few... Branislav Ivanovic. I'm just picturing him in a, like a onesie, just swinging from a wrecking ball like Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I've got one for um, Messi, which I think he should sing to Cristiano Ronaldo in that famous child 
sort of song, you know, one potato, two potato, yeah. three potato, four. So one ballon, two ballon, three ballon door, four ballon, five ballon. I've got more. Like it? There you go. I do like that one. Have you got another favourite hoops? Yeah, I'm going to mention a couple of my favourites that have been and gone. We all know them, but... If you, I think part of the key here, girls, just to give you, I think both of them were very good actually. But you go, you go for, you go for a tune that everyone knows, and you go for simple words. Maybe, maybe you were part there, Kate. You are entirely looking at me when you say this. <laughs> um, but it's a little bit like when you're sat in Rosette and the bull hits your head. That's Zamora. Mm-hmm. So which song's that? Sorry. That's the first. <laughs> anyway, I re- used to really like that one from all the Fulham fans um, about Bobby Zamora. Um, there was the very famous one as well, Luis Suarez, your teeth are offside, your teeth are offside. Um, love that one. Um, being a former Wolves player as well, I have to mention Robbie Keane um, when he was at Liverpool. He's fast, he's red, he talks like Father Ted, <laughs> Robbie Keane. <laughs> I like that one. I love that one. I've got one final one that I made up, but I'm a bit nervous about this one. Do you think we can try and sing it together? Do you both know Cheerleader? So I'm going to have a go at this and then you can join in. Say, oh, I think I am happy now we've got Jurgen Klopp. He is always right there when you need him. Say, oh, I think I am happy now we've got Jurgen Klopp. He's always right there when you need him. See, simple, tuneful? Yeah, it didn't quite work. The fact there's a bit of a melody there, that's just too complicated, especially for the Liverpool fans, Kate. Many famous singers come from Liverpool. I think they could, a bit like the Cardiff fans, have no problem giving a tuneful song to Cardiff fans, the good Welsh tones. Well, Gary Neville's now got a smile on his face, as have I, after, of course, beating Liverpool, Kate, Kate's team. Uh, 1-0 with Wayne Rooney scoring the winning goal. It was probably the worst Liverpool-Man United game I've seen in years. Wow. Normally, obviously, if you lose, I, you would think that would be terrible and the worst game, but just the fact that it was dull. Well, even as a Liverpool fan, we'll say the best thing about that game was the quality of the goal. That was probably the only saving grace, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, OK, so it wasn't that dull, but it was It was just... Oh, yeah, it was. yeah, OK, it was. Just because it was live on Sky, I thought it best be seen to be a, trying to promote <laughs> things, you know, in a positive way. Uh, trying to promote Gary Neville in a positive way is becoming very hard indeed, but he, he'd have had a bit of a smile on his face. But um, Gary Neville's famous song, you know, Gary Neville is a red, is a red, is a red, Gary Neville is a red, he hates Scousers. Yeah. So this is a new song for him now. Gary Neville is a red. He hates winning. Did you get it? Yeah. I see. Sorry, Gary. Poor old Gary. Um, I'm, I'm sure it will get better. Hi, I'm Jeff Stelling, and you're listening to The Offside Rule. Three women talking about football. I'm used to listening to four old women talking about football on Saturday afternoons, so I definitely prefer this. All right, let's go to top of the transfers. A quick chat to round this podcast up, ladies, about transfers that have that have caught your attention and uh, perhaps players that have made their debut already. Um, so pick your two best transfers of the window so far as we reflect kind of halfway through. Um, one Premier League, please, and one other transfer. I'm going to wade straight in there with John Joe Shelby. Great debut for him um, uh, for Newcastle. Um, he's been called the new Johan Kabai by a couple of Newcastle fans. I don't know whether it's a little bit early for that. Um, but Newcastle fans certainly very happy with him. And I think what they're most happy with is that he could well be the player that, that sort of knits it together, but also keeps them pushing forward as well. Because I think that one of the problems with the Newcastle side is they've 
kind of don't push forward enough, do they? They sort of pass sideways, pass back very well, um, don't necessarily play the most direct game. So I think um, for him, in terms of keeping possession and keeping the ball amongst the Liverpool team, that could be a very good move for them. Hayley? Well, I've got a team that have done pretty good business at the moment. Sorry to say, Lindsay, that they've stolen one of yours in Benekafobe from Wolves. Record signing, 10 million. But they've also borne missecure the services of Lewis Grambert as well from Norwich. And uh, Juan Iturbe. I was trying to make up a song about Iturbe as well, but that didn't quite go to plan. But Benekafobe, so I mean, what a great game for him. Obviously, fans very excited about him him, him joining. Uh, Record fee, you expect a lot of him. He's still very young, just 22. um, I can't hear this. I can't listen. (laughs) (laughs) However, you do have something to redeem Wolves by though, right? Yeah, I do. I I mean, one of mine from down the leagues outside the Premier League would be Zyro, who's um, this Polish striker that we signed. I don't know whether this was within the transfer window because we signed him. Was it at the very start of this window? I I think it might have come before this window opened, actually, and the signing. But anyway, I'm going with that. Uh, Mikhail, Mikhail. How do I say it in Polish? Mikel? Mikel. Mikel. Mikel Zyro. Um, I think he looks really good. So, a phobie, we're not going to miss him. 10 million cash in, that's cool. The reason I picked him as well is because it's quite a sad story. He'd obviously watched his, his good friends and role models. He said Kieran Gibbs and uh, Jack Wilshire not only break into the first team at Arsenal, but playing regularly, obviously, in the Premier League and for England. And he said, quote, I feared my Premier League dream had died, that I would cry at night. He said, no one knows how much it means to me to be in the Premier League after I thought that chance had gone. The only people who understand the struggle I've had to go through are my friends and family. So I'm really sorry. Just wasn't quite going to cut it with Wolves playing in the Premier League. But I think he's going to shine and he's a player that appreciates what he's been given. He's not a player who's gone for the money. He's gone for the football. I still like him. And actually, we were watching that game, um, myself, my mum and my dad, and I actually was cheering him on wanting him to score. But having said that, he's gone now. He's departed. So my focus is now on Zyro. So go Zyro. Let's get a champ for him, please. Bournemouth have always supported their strikers very, very well. There's you know, it's been a rich history there. Callum Wilson, Harry Arter as well, who... who, who both players who we mentioned last week. Um, for me, I guess it's just making sure that he has enough chances to play. I know that typically always uh, one of the Bournemouth forward line is out injured. So perhaps that then gives him his opportunity there. I'm going to go outside the Premier League and over to WSL. I know we've spoken about a couple of signings that caught your eye a few weeks ago, Lindsay. Karen Carney, one that we didn't mention at that time, going from Birmingham to Chelsea with over 100 caps. She's just one of those players that has appears to have all the time in the world, doesn't she, when she's making her decisions on the pitch. Always very spot on. Pacey on that wing as well. So I think she's a great player. I know that you share this admiration of her as well she's now very experienced and it'll be interesting to see how she fits into that Chelsea side oh there is no doubt that she's a quality player I do wonder though at this point in her career Mm. whether Chelsea might have been better off going for a younger player coming through Mm. um experience is always important and I do think perhaps Karen's got another good quality couple of years to give but we also know that she's had her problems with injuries um when she is fit she is fantastic brilliant player but can you rely on her for a whole season I don't know I note that uh, Siobhan Chamberlain or as the Americans like to call her style barn Chamberlain uh has gone um, from Arsenal to Liverpool ladies as well um Murray Hurahan she's gone from Chelsea to Manchester City so um a few moves going on there and a bit of speculation as well that agents are kind of taking over 
over the WSL and perhaps inflating prices. We saw Frank Kirby move for a British record fee at the time when she went to Chelsea over the summer from um, for sort of between forty and sixty thousand pounds. So that seems like small change, doesn't it, when you think of the Premier League? But um, however, there are a lot more moves now in uh, women's football and a lot more high-profile moves and a lot more agents involved. So it'd be interesting to see how the FA perhaps get involved to try and um, not give all the agents the power. We've got a, a little topsy-turvy because I did my one lower leagues oh. earlier. So I'll do my Premier League one now. Um I, I'm picking out Charlie Austin to Southampton. Mm-hmm. I think Graziano Pella has gone off the boil somewhat with goals. And the thing is in the Premier League, when you want a man to challenge for Europe, for a top 10 finish, you need, there is one thing you definitely need. I'd say either end of the pitch, you need a very good goalkeeper and you need someone who's going to score you goals. And at the moment, Southampton have had this wobbly spell. They seem to be coming out of it now, but they need to have their strikers on form. And if Graziano Pella isn't going to be providing those goals week in, week out, and you haven't got that hit man, that target man up front, then what you need to do is get reinforcements and Charlie Austin is proven he scored goals for QPR I think he's naturally got that killer instinct when it comes to finishing off chances in front of goal and he'll keep Pella on his toes as well it probably will work very well and so I see Southampton having a really good rest of the season. Yeah, exactly the same with Bournemouth as well. I think there's a couple of teams that I didn't expect to be near the relegation zone right now. And the fact that they've actually done something about it rather than just think, oh, we'll try and ride it out for the rest of the season and we'll hope that we don't drop down into the championship. And, oh, we best not sign players in case we do get relegated. Then we're left with sort of, you know, a big wage bill. I think it's quite exciting that the teams are just willing to take a bit of a punt, particularly with the likes of Bournemouth. Okay, they're, they're not they're not in the relegation zone, but they're not quite safe, are they? They're just a few points uh, away from that. And it's really been a season of unpredictability, not just at the top, but at the bottom as well. I don't think you can predict anything right now. All right. Well, on that, we will finish up proceedings for this podcast number 23. We'll be back next week with Mina Rizuki. She's been in Spain. I know she's been um, working very, very hard this January. Um, so we'll see her and we'll do a bit of a European football sort of tinted one next week, I think. Is this going to be a regular thing that we throw forward to what we're going to talk about? I don't know. I'm really just talking off my head. I'm, I'm just basically setting the agenda talking now. Head. Talking. <laughs> I'm just talking off the top of my head. She's always off her head. Thanks. On caffeine. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget the website, offsiderulepodcast.com. You can check us out on Twitter at offsiderulepod, our Facebook page, The Offside Rule. And um, you can listen and download us on iTunes and on Audio Boom every week. For now, get practicing with those chants and uh, we'll see you soon. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network.